Ah, oh, Jesus, how's it going, Frank? I've lost count of who you are. My name is Duncan McNiff. Oh, you're Peter's son. Duncan McNiff is at his hobby, accosting people in the street. How many million did you make building, Frank? Hi, in the building. Yeah. This time, it's a retired builder in Duncan's hometown of Greystones, County Wicklow. Answer question, are you a millionaire, yes or no? No. Are you a multimillionaire? No. <laughs> I am very, very happy. I have my pension. And Duncan's home on a visit from San Francisco, where his job is just as unusual as his hobby. He's into veg. Well, one in particular. Broccoli, I have a good handle on broccoli. I'm a kind of go-to guy if you want broccoli. That's my deal. I have all these different regions in America. I sleep, eat, pink broccoli every day. That's, I hear it growing, man. Broccoli schmockily, you might say. Well, you mightn't unless you're a Jewish. But Duncan stands in front of the vegetables in the supermarket and he makes selling broccoli to the Japanese and shipping it there sound exciting. Last summer we shipped 20 pallets by air, which is like $45,000 by the time it arrived because it, was, it wasn't in refrigeration on the airplane. It was yellow. It's like a bad accident going off because you've got to get all the evidence as to what happens. You have to find out did the container break down, you have to find out, you know, many, many things. Did you get your money back on that one? Uh, I'd say I didn't lose it yet. <laughs> Don't tell me it's still ongoing, is it? Oh, no, these things go on because it's legal process. Legal process takes a long time. Things just get stuck. Okay, so I'm looking at Osaka. It's zero degrees, 31 degrees Fahrenheit, seven degrees. So the stuff's not really growing there much. Even at coffee, the phone is out. Duncan is looking at the weather in various parts of the world. I look at weather patterns and I'm able to predict how much I want to keep shipping into these markets. Because if I see if Japan's getting hot, they're going to get into local production. By the time my stuff arrives in two weeks, they've already got their own stuff. Do you ever get to touch it? Yeah, I go to the fields every week. I'm always in the coolers, because you can find out... If I go to all the coolers, because I'm only just a small player, I can find out what everybody's doing. Oh, hold on a second. Hi, this Duncan? Yeah, this is Duncan. Duncan, the cutoff is today at 4 o'clock. Oh, good. You're, you're excellent. Thank you. Okay? Yeah. And the ETA for Tokyo is the 4th of March. Okay, so we're good to go. Okay. And you're sitting there wondering, how did a townie from Greystones get into agriculture? The answer? Child labour. Granduncles down in Roscommon. I got sent there every summer. Keep me out of trouble from getting in trouble around Greystones, you know. Granduncle didn't have any kids. He needed help, so all the nephews and nieces got sent down there. So it was like, it was good times. And you'd be given a tractor to drive at 10, and you'd be baling hay. These no, were, no health and safety? Well, there was a lot of health and safety, yeah. It said, if you crash that tractor, I'd kick your arse. <laughs> your health would be damaged if you damaged a farm machine in those days. It wasn't a question of your health. It was how much it cost when you broke it. After school, Duncan trained and worked as a farm manager, but as he had no land, he gave up on agriculture. He then ran a couple of businesses before joining some friends in San Francisco, where he followed his first love back into agriculture and food. The business in America is only like, you know, maybe three, five million dollars a year, but that's small time. You can make a living doing it. I'm happy. So starting with the, the first one, this is kind of a... Still on the phone. Duncan pulls up a site related to his hobby. I'm going through my iPhone on the site, so 
his website. The Naughty Santa is episode one. It's called On the Road Radio Series. The Japanese are very traditional people and I, I just went and did that. That was that one. And here's what he does. Once a week, he takes a tape recorder and wanders around California recording people that he bumps into. I try to go on a Friday afternoon and, and capture something. So sometimes nothing comes. So I, I, I never know. And it's, it's an outlet for me away from fruit and vegetables. Some people play golf. They spend five hours in a golf club. I do this. Hippie Hill, San Francisco, where the 60s started. It's like drum circles. A lot of old aging hippies, young hippies. There's about 1,000, 2,000 people living in the bush there. Just traveling around, you know, with a backpack and selling weed, and it's been treating me really good. I'm PA Nate. I'm from Pennsylvania, adopted from South Korea when I was one. Huh? Yeah, I've just been cruising around, traveling. My parents, they're all like hardcore Christians. They hate me doing this, but whatever. <laughs> How old are you? I'm only 29. Huh? Yeah, I look younger than that, though, right? Yeah. Good. <laughs> so you flew from Hawaii with yeah. what? With what? Oh, like a like a quarter pound, half pound of weed. How much is that worth? I don't know. Maybe like a thousand dollars, not even. Not not as much here in Hawaii. It's worth more, that's for sure. And if they caught you with that, what would you, what would happen to you? Probably go to jail. For how long? I don't know. Whatever California law says. And how do you stop her from smelling? Uh, turkey bags, peanut huh? butter jars. Oh. Works really good, mason jars, anything. Have you heard what's happened? Barbie's changed. Barbie's new and different. She's the very same size, but now she comes with a groovy outdoor look. And Barbie's lashes are really for real. So what do you call that one there with the Last Supper? What's that? Uh, that's religious. So I what, would. What's the theme of that one? Well, it's called Barbie's Last Sleepover. Altered Barbie. She was a bank investigator. She does most of her business over the internet, but she basically does. She alters her Barbie dolls. But they sell for big money. They're two, three thousand dollars. You know, it's kind of alternative art. Barbie's having a party. They're all dressed in bathrobes. They've just washed their hair, so the hair is wrapped up with a towel. And it just was coincidental when I said, okay, girls, let's take a picture, that they all gathered on that side of the table and just coincidentally appeared to be in the same position as the Lord's Last Supper. I think what inspired me most into making these in the last few years was having the access to the Internet. RT player and the RT, it's, it's fantastic radio. For me, as an expat living away, maybe I'm just a lonely old bastard. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm feeling, I'm not homesick, but it's really good radio. It's hard to find. <laughs> Take a picture? No, no, just. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I don't know, I'm not very good. So I did a thing called Christmas at Union Square. Went around and interviewed people around Union Square at Christmas time. Have you ice skated like since you were a kid? This lady I was interviewing was in a bar, gave me this story. The naughty Santa. Macy's fired their Santa after 20 years, and he was a, he kind of is an institution because guys who were 10 years old were now 20. We're still going back to see Santa with their girlfriends. They'd sit in their knee, but he had a he had an adult script and he had a child script, and he'd say to the adults, "Have you been a naughty boy and girl this year?" And they go, "Oh no, Santa!" And he'd go, "Well, that's good because I know all the naughty boys and girls." And they didn't say anything to me, but they wound up. Uh, 
complaining to management, and management had to kick it up to New York City, and New York City said, fire him now, and they did. That was it. Uh, I mean, I've been telling that joke for 20 years, and no one's ever objected before. You're the real deal, you got the real deal. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. indeed. You're the authentic Santa. Yes. How old are you now? I'm 68. 68, right. right. Okay. I've still got a few more Santa years left in me. <laughs> and then I found out in July, August, he died. Found dead in his hotel room or wherever he was living. The, the main items, actually, you know what, you got us at a, a bit of a bad time because we sold out of a few items this morning. Right. With the rain, we thought it'd be, it'd be a lot quieter. So can I, can I talk to you now? So uh, this is your partner yeah. here. What's your name? Uh, my name is Absalom. Absalom? Yes. And how, uh, where are you from? I'm from Eritrea, East Africa. Just walking along outside the Apple store in San Francisco, saw what looks like a, what we call a roach coach. Chip fan. Like a chip fan, yeah. But it's a gourmet Irish guy from Clifton, Eritrean guy, set up their van. They're now selling Eritrean and Irish food. We've got bangers and fries. A lot of people get that with the curry on uh-huh. it. we got uh, chicken curry chips based on the Irish curry. Then we got got uh, curry chips. What's, the, what's an Irish curry now? What, why well, would you say you know, it's different? Well, it's what we're used to back home. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, you know, born and bred in Ireland. Veggies, it's, yeah. It's uh, carrots and potatoes first, caramelized on their own, and then they're added to um, a red curry, which is made out of like caramelized onions, tomatoes, and a special uh, spice called barbera. Not too hot either. It's not too hot. Yeah, yeah you can control it. It's, tip, it's, it's, just, it's just tipping my tongue nicely. Yeah, yeah, it's not very hot, but you can control the level. It's, it depends on how much right. of it you use. Nothing. Why are you on the telephone? Because I'm calling to see if my daughter's luggage at the Greyhound station. So where's your daughter coming from? Texas. Vallejo Greyhound station. Greyhound is the buses. Talk to some of the passengers there. Some of the characters I met there. Best characters I've met so far doing this, you know. And your daughter's on the bus? Mm-hmm. Oh, my dad. With your dad? Mm-hmm. They're coming from Texas on the Greyhound. To San- How long does that take? Two and a half days. Two, two and they a half. They left Wednesday. No, three. They left Wednesday and they made it back Friday, today. So they like, literally sleep on the bus overnight? Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that kind of journey? Yeah, yeah. I rode the Greyhound here too. And how, come you, how long did you live in Texas for? For 20 years. For 20 years? Mm-hmm. With your parents? Yeah. And no, with my grandmother. And you decided then, and your parents lived in California? Oh, I see. How did that come about? I don't know. <laughs> Huh? I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know? No. What's your next story? So I, don't, I never know. I don't have any... Um, I'm o- I keep an open mind. There's a link to Duncan's stories on rte.ie on the Documentary on One website. Just click on the tab marked The Curious Ear. Back outside on the street in Greystones, the retired builder has a riddle using his aluminium walking stick. I'm going to give you one now. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen carefully. That is a clue for a very famous book. 39 steps. The Blind Man. 